The bright Jesus Cares sign that hung high on the tall Macon Rescue Mission building for so many years in downtown Macon always got my attention when I was a child. To me, it was more than a sign. It was a pronouncement of a truth that I had been taught all my life. If nobody else cares, Jesus does. He always has, and he always will. And Macon, Georgia seemed to be proud of it. For many years, the Macon Rescue Mission was a homeless shelter. In the name of Christ, the mission provided shelter and basic needs for those who had no place to sleep. It was a good thing and represented all that was good in Macon and Middle Georgia. But times have changed. Several years ago, the leaders of the mission made a decision to do more, much more. They decided to offer a program to give hope to the growing number of people who have lost all hope, and they took a huge leap of faith. My guest is Pat Chastain, the president and CEO of the Rescue Mission of Middle Georgia. You will learn that Pat and the Rescue Mission strongly believe the fundamental Christian message of the Bible, that Jesus not only cares, but he saves lives, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is our only hope, not only for life after death, but for living healthy and productive lives in this life. Several years ago, the Rescue Mission purchased over 200 beautiful acres that for years was the home of the Hepzibah Children's Home in Macon. Today, the Rescue Mission currently has 180 residents, including men, women, and children, and they continue to grow. More importantly, this ministry that is operated on what you will learn is the grace model and is fully devoted and trained to help those in the throes of desolation, addiction, homelessness, abusive relationships, and hopelessness by extending grace and sound biblical instruction to those who desperately need it. If you are a professing Christian, this would be a good story to hear. You'll be encouraged, but beware, you will also be challenged. If you have a loved one who is at the end of their rope and have given up hope, you may want to encourage them to listen to this podcast. If you're in that place of desolation, you may be wondering who cares. Pat Chastain cares. The staff and leadership at the Rescue Mission of Middle Georgia cares. The great people who financially support this mission care. Jesus cares, and he also saves lives. His hands and feet in the flesh are working overtime at the Rescue Mission of Middle Georgia to change lives. For some of you, listening to Pat Chastain here could be the most important 40 minutes you will ever spend. That is, until you actually meet him and his staff. They will give you hope, and they also will make sure someone is walking side by side with you each step of the way on your glorious road to recovery. You are not alone. Viewing life from a hearse, it could be worse. Laugh, think, and cry with the country undertaker. 
This is Bruce Goddard, and you're listening to the View from a Hearst podcast. I've got my longtime friend, Pat Chastain, with me, and he is the president and CEO of the Rescue Mission of Middle Georgia. When I was growing up, you know, Macon was 40 miles from where I lived in Reynolds, Georgia, and I remember coming into downtown Macon, and there was always this sign, this tall building with a cross at the top, and this bright sign that said, Jesus cares. And all of my life, I knew that was there. Uh, I know you've moved now to another location, but that was a landmark in Macon for many years. And just the sign, Jesus cares, you know, over the city of Macon impacted me as a kid. But my impression, and maybe that's what they did back then, I don't know. My impression was the rescue mission rescued people and gave them a place to stay overnight or two or three days before they pushed them back out in the street or whatever. That's probably wrong, but you know, other people may have a, the same kind of impression that I have. So maybe let's start talking about what the rescue mission was and, and what it is now. And before we do that, though, I want to talk about Pat Chastain just a minute and a little bit of how you got in this position and how you uh, ended up as the president and CEO of, of uh, Rescue Mission. I know you. I know your family. I know you're solid as a rock. You've been a good friend. You've got a great sense of humor. You've got, you've got personality running out of your ears. Your brother is a football coach and well-known in Houston County names in Jones County. Just solid folks. Talk about you just a minute and how you got there, and let's talk about this rescue mission. Well, first, thank you, Bruce, for having uh, me on, and uh, thank you for allowing us an avenue to share what guys do at the rescue mission. Uh, I myself, um, for years, for 22 and a half years, I lived uh, a pretty tough life, and that was by choice with drugs and alcohol, and um, it was just, uh, it was bad, and, and, and that rolled over to when I met my wife and, and eventually married her. And the last 17 years of my addiction was the first 17 years of our marriage. I got to an end one day and uh, God just basically said, are you done? Because if you're not, I am. <laughs> and uh, I heard him tell me that. And I knew that I was, I always knew that I, I should be serving Christ, even in my addiction, because that's how mom and daddy raised us. So I knew what I was supposed to be doing, just couldn't pull it off. And then one day it just got that bad. I ended up on a dead end dirt road in Florida, running back and forth Florida, doing things I wasn't supposed to do. And uh, he got a hold of me on a dead end dirt road and asked me that question, are you done? And and that happened in 05. Uh, ever since then, I've been living for him. And in those 17, 18 years, whatever it's been since 05, he has continued to uh, allow me to do some really neat things for his cause and uh, with some really cool people. And most of them have, were struggling or are struggling. And some of them <laughs> uh, do have different jobs than I do. Uh, so I really met some, uh, some, some neat people. And I ended up uh, here at the rescue mission in middle Georgia, as Bruce said, people say, do you run the rescue mission? I say, no, it runs me. <laughs> and that's where it, it really is. But we have fun. Uh, I, I get to, uh, be the pastor of Celebrate Recovery, and I get to be an assistant pastor with uh, our lead pastor, Josh Ray, at our third uh, Southside Pleasant Hill campus. So we're busy for the kingdom, but that's pretty much, pretty much where I'm at now as far as who I am. Uh, you mentioned the rescue mission. Yes, years ago, 62, 63 years ago, they started, we started in downtown Macon, Jesus Cares. So they moved around the corner in downtown, and we were a homeless shelter for all those years. But uh, while was in the downtown area, 
Uh, I was helping them find a program person, the lady, the, the CEO at that time. Anyway, long story short, I came up and God said, the reason you can't find somebody is because I want you there. So I went to work under her there and she said, we want to start a program. So I said, well, the first thing we got to do is we can't continue to be a homeless shelter because the last thing a homeless person needs in Macon, Georgia is another coat or a plate of food. We need to ask them, uh, we need to turn ourselves into a program and let's bring them in and let's keep them for a year. How long ago was this, Pat? When you, that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. So I was yeah. right. I didn't know. So my perception was right. It was just a place for people to find shelter out of the elements, basically, is what, what it was originally. Exactly what it was, Bruce. It was a homeless shelter. That's what we were for, for 52 years, is right. a homeless shelter. And it was a good thing. Ago. It was nothing wrong. It was at least giving no. people shelter, and they were doing it in the name of Christ. Yeah. But you're bringing them in, and you're giving them a place to stay, feeding them, give them a coat and a jacket, and then you're sending them back out. And what we said is, that gun, that's just the last thing I think they need. Right. So then we started saying, hey, would you come in, stay a year with us, we'll take care of all your needs, let's find out the abundant life Jesus says you're called to have, let's let's work on getting that because you're just getting high. Really, if you meet your God-given potential, I, I believe you serve Christ, you won't get high. So this thing's really not about drugs and alcohol. It's about, do I want to follow Jesus? And that's been our mindset for since I can remember, Bruce. So I'm sure the majority of people there are dealing with addiction issues, but you probably have other people there that find themselves homeless and, and looking for help, right? Am I correct on that? Yes. Uh, we have right now nearly 180 men, women, and children on a 200-acre campus out here on North Macon, Zebulon Road. And most of them are drugs and alcohol, but we have domestic violence. We've got... Uh, 42 women, 12 kids, 120 men. I mean, that can change tonight, but that's about the way it is. Most of our drugs and alcohol, but you got domestic violence, you got homelessness, got some mental health. I mean, we used to didn't take anybody with any mental health. Now we'll take anything except paranoid schizophrenia or the schizoaffective disorder. So we've come a long way in Christ. So you have children, that men, women, and children. So you've got 180 yeah. population. So how did you get this property? Tell us a little bit about how in the world you moved from downtown to a, what'd you say, 200 acre piece of yeah, property? I don't, I don't, I don't know how long your podcast is, but I'll do the best I can to give you a quick version. <laughs> Just give a overview. <laughs> we started in downtown area and uh, we sold that property and one of, uh, Blake Sullivan was is actually one of the board members. He said, Pat, have you looked out there on Zebulon uh, at the children's helps of a home? It's for sale. Oh yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And we, I, pulled out here and Bruce, it was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen in my life. Still is in Macon. I'll, I'll put it up against anything else. So we pulled out here and the Wesleyan Church in Indiana owned it. And children's, the, the helps of a children's home had, they were go, they were done and they were fading out, but they wanted to sell the property. All these land developers kept coming to the Wesleyan Church going, we want to buy it. We want to buy it, offering these astronomical amounts. And the Wesleyan Church says, you're not what we want to sell it to. We came along, offered a lot less, and they said, you're exactly what we want here. And they sold it to us. And we're in this September, which now we've been here three years. Well, that's unbelievable. So so where do you, where'd you get the funding to buy it? Tell me how that where has worked and works. This is going to seem spiritual, but God sends you the money, but <laughs> he sends you the people. If you will do your part, the money always takes care of itself. So we started a capital campaign. And through some really giving people, 
they believe in what God's doing here and came on board, said we're, we're, we're in. And they, uh, they gave with their heart wow. and which led into the monetary reasons. But we still have got some ways to go. We still are collecting money to try to pay off. But God's been really faithful. But yes, we still need money to pay off his debt. But he has been so faithful. Well, I, I'm sure you also have a with 180 people in the staff to keep up with them. You got a heck of a budget there that you have to you have to raise money for that as well, right? Yes, our budget's over four million dollars. If we keep a man or woman or child here for a year, especially a man or woman for 12 months, it this way I did this. We did this number uh, probably six years ago. Twenty three thousand dollars a year is what it costs the rescue mission. Now twenty three thousand. I ain't a rocket scientist, but twenty three thousand <laughs> times one one seventy one eighty. You know, you need in excess of three point two million. And God, He sends it, and we're in business for another year. But we just—it's just He just takes. You know how God does. He ain't gonna get you out there too far. No. He wants you to depend on Him, and that's what we do. But we got to make sure, Bruce, that we are leading. Look. We, if we keep somebody here for a year and we keep you clean or we find you a job or we keep you out of domestic violence relationship and we don't introduce you to Jesus Christ, we failed. Right. That's how we see it. Right. We failed. So that is the, I just want to introduce men and women to Jesus and children. And then the rest follows itself. We've got case managers. We've got staff. I mean, we're grinding it out, Bruce. Yeah, I, I can't even phantom what you're doing. So how many people were in population six years ago when you were downtown, even after you started, how, how many people did you have there? All right, you're asking some really, these are really questions. You and I have not prefaced any of these questions. So that's this is what I love about you. That is, a, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a powerful question because when we left downtown Macon, we had 50 people, 36 men, seven women and their children, 50 people. And we now have almost 180. It's unbelievable. The need is only gonna get worse. You've got an incredible thing going on, and it's, I don't think people realize what you're doing. I mean, it's, I don't know of many places that's got 180 people, so that means you got to have so many people trained to work with them, to, to communicate with them, that's called to do it, that have a heart, to do, a heart from God to do it. That's a big operation you got going. And with any of these things, and I've had some experience You've got some great stories, but there's some of them that'll rip your heart out because some people just choose not to get better, right? I mean, that's always happens. That's you got these sad stories, but you got great stories. So talk about that balance, because again, we haven't talked about this, but I know how it works. I mean, there there are things that happen that you've got to have some rules and regulations. You can't let people take advantage of what you're doing, although you're trying to introduce them to Jesus. You still can't let them ruin the whole program, so you've got to have rules and regulations. So talk about that balance and how that works. Well, the, the crazy thing about recovery is for somebody to come into a program, go through the entire thing, graduate, and then go back out into the community, never get high again, the, the numbers are less than 9%. That's how low this is. Right. We usually don't talk about this because if we talk about numbers, then it becomes about us. But because you're asking, I feel led to tell you, here at the rescue mission, to come in through the doors, and again, we haven't checked on this number in about three or four years. We need to because now it's different. To come in these doors, to graduate, to get out, and to go do great things for the kingdom, uh, we're somewhere between 31 and 39%. So God's doing a really great thing there. We're different, Bruce. Uh, we don't police what you do when you come in. We don't have a lot of rules. 
Uh, we're up under something called the Grace Model. We spent some time, about a, almost two years, with a group out of Bend, Oregon, up under this thing called the Grace Model through this book called, uh, uh, I think it was Bill Throbel and the Cure. And uh, it really just changed our identity. So we spent a lot of time with those guys. And I've never met two, uh, Kurt Flosky and Cash Lowe. I've never met men that loved the way they did. And they taught us through the uh, Grace Model how to do this. So, you know, me and some other program guys, we were policing this thing and it about killed us. I mean, it just, we about went under. So we stepped back and now we run this program off of Grace. So instead of me punishing you, I want to ask you, hey, so if you want to watch porn on your phone, say that's what you do. People say, I can't believe you give them your phone, Pat. Well, here's the thing. I'd rather you have your phone and watch porn here because I would rather, I don't want you watching porn, but if you're going to do it, I want to be able to step in and go, hey, where'd you learn that from? Who taught you that? And then ultimately, we want to find out where the wound is. Now, when you look at somebody here at the mission, you'll look at their behavior, crackhead, uh, sex addict, whatever, abuser, whatever it is, and you'll look at the behavior, we identify them. We have found, if I can find how you're feeling, I'll backtrack from the behavior. Then I go over to these core beliefs. I ask you, how do you feel How do you feel about yourself? How do you think God feels about you? And how do you think others? And what we find out is they feel like they're losers. They're never gonna measure up. They think, other people think they ain't never gonna be anything. And then they think God doesn't like them. And then we go back, Bruce, ask them what the wound is. And we usually find it's neglect, abandonment, or abuse. And then we get to go, now I see why the behavior is that way. And what we found is all behavior is purposeful. You and I have got something in our past that we may not ever talk about, or we maybe have talked about. All of us have something powerful, and we usually find it neglect, abandonment, or abuse. And if you'll dive into that, if the men, women, and children, even the listeners today, if you'll dive into that, you will find the reason you act the way you do. Now, that's a lot to tell you, but that's where we want to get with men, women, and children. And once we get there, Bruce, people start going, I'm starting to trust you, Pat, Jason, Chaco, Jessica, Dawn, Scott, Charles. I'm I think I can trust you with my stuff. And then we find why people act the way they do. And it's a beautiful process here. Wow. So, but how do you find out if they looking at porn on their phone. I mean, I know I get what you're saying and it's wonderful because I've seen places that are so under the law, legalistic, just like you said, they police, they don't let them make any phone calls. They don't have any contact with people. They can't talk to people and that can backfire. But how do you even know that's going on? All right, look at the beautiful process of this entire thing. If you come here, that means you're desperate for change. Your way's not working. So once you get here, you start, God, we said it like two or three times this morning in classes that darkness reveals darkness. Eventually, because you've selected or chose to take one more step towards you changing, God's anything you cover or I cover, Bruce, God uncovers. Anything we uncover, God will cover. And we start to see this amazing process about things revealed. And now there's nothing to hide. You know that men and women are desperate for other people to know where they struggle. And once you find out that there's somebody that cares about you enough to say, hey, I want to walk with you on that journey. You can trust me. I want to do this with you. See, grace is messy. It's easy for me to give you $20. It's easy for me to give you $100. But for me to be able to walk with you and be there with you, now that's messy. And that takes effort. 
So it just it plays itself out, Bruce. So what happens when you have to dismiss somebody? Does that ever happen there? Does sometimes you that people that you can't keep there? Yes. If you we've got we don't have rules, a lot of rules here. You can't fight, you can't get high, and you can't steal. All right. So uh, if you do any of those three, we don't kick you out. You chose to leave. That's how we phrase it here. Right. So if if you choose to leave here, it's because you've got something else you want to do that uh, opposes what God wants to do. Now, most of the things you can stay here and work out, but we just have some really powerful things that uh, you can't do. And there's just a few of them. So, but yes, we have it all the time. But that's another neat thing. See, again, I'm not going to police this thing. We have something called peer support. If you choose to do something you're not supposed to, or you want to choose to do something that the kingdom would have you do, you get to sit in front of a group called peer support. And then you do this evaluation of whatever choice you made. And then your peers decide where you go from there. And the community votes on this thing called the peer support. That way it ain't Pat. Right. Wonderful. Tell me what happens when a person comes in and they come off the street. In many cases, that's what happens, right? They come at their, at their wits yep. end to come there. Yep. And you mentioned something a while ago that as a part of what you do, you help them find jobs. You have, I'm sure some of these people have to, have to figure out they may have benefits they don't even know about or don't know how to get them. And I'm sure there's an all-age group. Tell me what support, physical support you give like that. Well, now that that question can have a bunch of different answers, but when we come in, there is a prerequisite for coming here. I need you medically fit to come into the program because part of what you do here is work therapy. We're not going to charge you. If you ain't got the money, we're not going to charge you a dime. We're going to eat that because we believe God's got a plan. So I need you physically fit to go to class half the day, the other half you're on your job. But we've got all we've got a case manager that's constantly working for the things that you need in order to be physically okay to work your recovery. Uh, I don't, we don't talk about this much, but it's a grind physically and emotionally and mentally for a man, woman, or child to do what it is you and I are talking about. So we have a number of resources, but it goes through our case manager. So you and, have a, you uh, have a case manager, and does that help them find jobs outside? While they're living yes. there, so they're working. Yes. Once you graduate, we do cap and gown graduations. Um, they walk a stage. Once you graduate, we have a case manager that's uh, an advocate for you in jobs, housing. We try to get donated cars um, once you graduate. So we are constant. We've got housing on campus for those that graduate. They're called phase three. Now, we want you to stay here. We want you to work your outside job after you graduate. You save up money, work with your case manager as you transition off the property. And we don't ever kick anybody out of the phase three housing. You, as long as you're making good advancement uh, towards being a productive Christian in our society, then you can stay here as long as you need. So you said that you don't pay if, if you don't have it. So some people have the means to pay, I assume, right? So if they can pay, how does that work? Okay, so let's say most 90, I'd say 85 to 90% don't pay a dime here as far as money out of their pocket. Uh, if you come here and say you're on like a social security or you're on disability, you may pay $30 a week, but right. we just there's just not many of them. And because they're not gonna be, if he's on disability, he can't physically work here. 
So if he's if we're gonna he can go to class, he may pay thirty dollars a month. But like I said, almost ninety percent of our campus doesn't pay a dime. Wow. It's a rarity. And I'm sure you've got alumni that are advocates for what you're doing. Just talk about that. That's exciting to even think about. Well, I'll, I'll, let me let me talk towards it because there's so many neat stories. But um, we have somewhere between 32 and 36 employees. A third of them are graduates from the rescue mission. Right. And, and, and I, we're passionate about this, Bruce. If we can't hire them, then I don't think we're the real deal. I think we're phonies. Um, and I won't, I would love to see our staff um, probably be, I'd love to see us 50%. 100%. Oh yeah, whatever, yeah. It'd be great if it was 100, <laughs> but I'm shooting at goals. So we'll start at 50. Right. But it's just like, I mean, it's, but you have the other sad stories too, where, um, you know, people may pass away here. And um, you, you see where God, we had Robert passed away in his sleep, uh, probably six, seven months ago. And uh, that broke our heart. We had another guy who died about three or four weeks ago, but he wasn't here. He'd been here two or three times trying to find his way. He was on the way back, supposed to be back maybe the following week or the following Monday. And he passed away in Florida. Um, we, and the reason why I tell you that is because that's how we see every case. When, when somebody comes here, we believe it's ordained by God. We believe God sends people here. So we have to do our part. We've got to go after this stuff, Bruce, these relationships with a reckless abandonment as if it's their last days. It was my last day. Somebody count, Somebody gave me a shot. And what happens if, now think about it. Now, I, when you look at the parable of the sower, to me, uh, only a few people, the Bible says only a few people go to heaven, only a few enter. So the, the Bible, the parable of the sower talks about four people, four seeds, and the seed that is cast on this different types of soil, that soil represents the heart. Only, only 25% of that story goes to heaven. So what if we're going to get a large majority of only the few that's going to enter heaven? What if a portion of them come here? And that's how I want our staff to receive every man, woman, and child as if this is one of the few. And, and we believe that, Bruce, and that's how we and, go after And what the reality, people, the thing that I think people miss and is that it is an intensive care situation. You, when you got people there, you're not you're talking about somebody that's on the brink of being dead. It's not like they're going in to get a physical and find out a little something wrong. They need to have a exploratory surgery. They're in a crisis in their life, and it is a life and death situation. So the way you're looking at it is is really the only way you can look at it. You're dealing with crisis situation, and you. You got to figure out how to help them and help them quick and get them on the right road. I think that is, is, is as strong a point as, as it'll probably be made on this uh, podcast, Bruce, is that if you come here, it's one of the few things, if not all, it's your last chance. It's your last step. And we ask that you be desperate. If you can take it or leave it, uh, the rescue mission program is not for you more than likely. Um, you got to be all in because yeah. it's going to, cost you everything. Jesus did not come and just give a little bit. He gave all and he asked us to do the same thing. Now we're talking about people that are the rescue mission, but that's all of our, that's all of your listeners too. That's everybody. Jesus wants it all. And that's what we're asking men, women, and children. Are you desperate for the change God's offering here? And, and that is a very important point to me because I'm sure there are parents of kids listening to this or spouses of husbands or wives listening to this, 
and they are all in for them to come. <laughs> you need to go there. Pick up the phone. They're all in, but that ain't worth nothing if the person that's coming is not at the absolutely end of his rope or her rope and saying, I desperately need help. Isn't that true? They got to be there. It doesn't matter if the parents are or not. Yeah, we will We will not. I mean, I don't mean this callous or anything, but we will not take you if you're talking to somebody and say, hey, how do you feel? And uh, what would it look like for you to commit to 12 months or around 12 months? And if they go, well, I know I need it. And I'll tell you, I am this close. I'll tell you what, I'll be there Monday. I'm going to tell you, I love you, but you're not going to be here Monday because you're not ready for this yet. Yeah. And yeah. It, that's it's like just, coming, it's in from, coming in from having a heart attack and they bring you to the ambulance and ambulance to the emergency room and said, let me come back Monday. <laughs> you better bring them in. <laughs> Where you gonna yeah. Be a lot of times say I need a bed or I need a place to say, or if I don't go into a program, they're going to put me in jail. We're not that place. Right. We're not, we're not the alternative We're we want to be, we want to be where you land for uh, 10 to 15 months to change. I know that there are, uh, the legal system sends people to places. Is this one of the places the legal system sends that that gets to the point of they're here because the, the judge sent them here and that takes away a little bit from what you're saying. How does that work? Well, again, I, I just, you're just, you're blowing my mind with these questions. Okay. <laughs> two weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, there's something called Thor approval, which is the, it's the Holy grail as far as what sits on a, most any judge's desk in the, state of Georgia. And when they look at a Thor approved program, that's a program on their list that a judge can mandate or require anybody to go to. We just got Thor approved two weeks ago. Now, I really don't know what we got into because this thing is off the charts. We literally are. I mean, it's growing so fast. Um, so we are now Thor approved. We're GAR approved. We are reputable with Housing County, Bibb County, McIntosh County, or McIntosh. I mean, it's this place is highly recommended. It is not some big pie in the sky. People know if you come here and you work this thing that God's doing, they love the change and they love the people that it's producing. It's an amazing process. So, so how do you handle that if, if a person comes in that's been sent there by the judge, they're there? Because they've been sent by the judge, that because they're in trouble, they may not be there because they're at the end of their rope and need desperate help. How do you balance that? Okay, so that's a really slippery slope because we call that mandates. When somebody's facing a prison sentence versus being mandated by a judge, we'll take a mandate. Because here's the thing, either you're going to come and do it you're supposed to or we have to tell your probation officer or your parole officer or the judge that you chose to leave because you didn't want to do it you go back to prison we're okay with that okay I, that's that makes the sense. only that's the only one that's a little slippery when it's somebody committed to come here are, are they being made to come here or do they want to come here and that's the only avenue bruce that we find is a little slippery but if you don't get it right, you're the one going to prison for three years. So at least we gave you our best shot. Do, do you have any help from the government to help fund this at this point with the Thor approval and all that? No, I don't cuss. And I'm a, I love Jesus. I wouldn't dare cuss. But heck no. <laughs> I ain't taking a dime from the government. You know what I'm going to tell you why I ain't taking a dime, Bruce? Because if I take money from the government, them jokers going to tell me what I can say about Jesus. Yeah. Now, if we got any government officials, I love all y'all. Y'all doing a great job. But I ain't taking a dime from you. Uh, because we, we, we're we really, Bruce, we, we're all Jesus, and we want to be able to preach the gospel. 
And the government does some really good things for a lot of organizations. But if we do take money from the government, um, then we they tell us what we can and can't say and what we can and can't teach. And I'm not ready for that. The thing that is striking to me is, as I started in this conversation, as a kid driving into Macon, that big blinking sign that sat on the top of the highest building in Macon, it seemed like, Jesus cares. And whatever it was, God had to know what it was going to become. And yeah. here you are living that out. And you have, you're unashamedly saying that Jesus cares. I know that sign is on the front of the gates of the, of the campus there, but you, you just said it. This is about the gospel of Jesus Christ and presenting it to every person you can and people who desperately need it to hear it and to provide help. It's almost like that was prophetic that, that was on top of that building in downtown Macon years ago. Well, it's, it's another, that, I'm just telling you, this is crazy that we have this conversation. Okay, for so many years, back, it used to be the argument was, back in when it first started, I mean, when that building that you're talking about, when it first was put there, was it Jesus cares or Jesus saves? Now, I've got some, some people that have been part of this thing for 50 plus years. They told me, Pat, Jesus saves was on that sign. That may have been on it. Yeah, that may be what I saw. Oh, yeah, you, you saw, you, you know, you're right though, Bruce, you saw Jesus cares. But I've got some other people that would say, Pat, there was a short time it was Jesus saved. I say all that to say this. About seven months ago, I quietly changed it back to Jesus saves. And I got a blue neon light on these gates because not only does Jesus cares, but you and I know he saves lives. So we went back to <laughs> Jesus saves. And the funny thing was, Charlie Gantrell, who's our board chairman, he said, boy, I reckon I thought something was different about that sign when I drove through it, but we got to cut up. We're just so excited about what Jesus does. But yeah, well, we, I changed it back to Jesus saves, so whatever. Just remember whether it says cares or saves, the, the, <laughs> the, the name on that sign is Jesus. And that is uh, the name above every name. That's that's enough right there. Amen. Isn't that true? Amen. Wow. That's true. You're blowing me away, Pat. Wow. So I had no idea what you would do. I mean, I, I had an idea, but I, to the scope of this, are you at full capacity there? Do you have room for anybody? Or are you adding on? Or what in the world are you going to do? All right, so I'm sitting here going, how would we wrap this thing up? And I said, do I talk to him about? And then you said, and then you got to the final, where does it go? And then you said numbers. Here's the crazy thing. <laughs> so when we uh, got our CO for occupancy here, I think we went 170, 180. Um, so Bruce, I think... When we fill it all up, I just got approved to build five more buildings. I got to find the money. God will send it. But we're going to build some more buildings because we don't have we're, – we're, Bruce, we're almost full to a certain capacity. Not – I got two more men's houses. I've got to build some more women's houses. Um, when this thing gets to where it's slam full, um, arguably will be one of the largest rescue missions in the United States. Um, it's probably in their top – five or 10 now. I don't know that for a fact, but where we want to go, God gave us 200 acres uh, for a reason. Uh, I don't think we have any idea to what this thing can be. So um, right now we're in the process of, we've been approved by the board. Um, we've got civil engineering's coming on. We're fixing to present, go to planning zoning at some point in time. And we're fixing to, we're fixing to hit our second phase of uh, a building and growth 
And uh, again, we don't have the money. Uh, here's the good news: we do have the money. The bad news is in y'all's pocket, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get it out. But God, God's gonna take care of that. But yes, Bruce, we're uh, we're in the process now of growing. Well, here's here's the thing: I want to be sure because also not only are parents or spouses listening to this, but there are other people listening to this that are in a tough place in life. The message here is: there is hope for you. You're, you're never without hope. If you're listening to this and you're in this place, or maybe you're a parent or spouse to get your loved one to listen to this, then maybe they're not listening. You let them listen to this. There is an answer to every question you have, and there is hope for you. And you're listening to a man that's leading an organization that has given his whole life to putting you in a place to get you the help you need. And the, the other thing I want to say, and Pat, you know, and most of my listeners know, that I have been in the funeral business for many years. I'm retired now, but I was running funeral homes throughout the country. I never hardly went in a funeral home where there was not some young man or woman in one of those rooms or in one of the caskets that had died from an overdose. It is an epidemic in this country. We talk about big pandemic we've had I can tell you the drug, alcohol, addiction issues has never been as bad as it is. It is real. I see it. I saw it. It is scary. You don't have to lie in a casket in a funeral home before it's your You will lie in it at some point, but you don't have to do that before it's your time. And maybe if you're listening to this, maybe that's God saying, hey, talk to Pat. So the other thing. I also see, and I know other people see, Pat, is you ride through. You don't go to any town anymore. You see these people on the side of the road. You, you, you know, you wonder, do you give them $10 and they go throw it away? What do you, I mean, you got, it's never seen it like this. There are people that are desperate for help. And as Christians, you're always asking yourself, what should I do? Well, I, I tell you, one thing that we can do is support the rescue mission of middle georgia that is one thing tangible we can do so pat i'm gonna let you have some closing comments anything you want to say but before you do that i want you to tell this audience what can they do they may be in seattle washington listening to this if they want to help and but they don't know what to do and what Tell us the ways people can help you. Obviously, you have a great need. So talk about that. Okay, so I think the most universal avenue for anybody that would want to utilize uh, the services that the Rescue Mission uh, offer would be go to our, our website, the Rescue Mission of Middle Georgia. That's in Macon, Georgia. And when you get there, everything that you want to know is on there. I mean, if you wanted, we desperately need monetarily, monetarily gifts. Uh, desperately need money all the time because we don't, you know, as we mentioned, we don't take any funds as far as uh, that goes. But the the website allows you to do that. Um, you, if you ever, if you've got a ma a man, woman, child, daughter, son, granddaughter, whatever it is that you know may be interested in recovery. Uh, a faith-based recovery. We would love to talk to you. You can go on the website, and I'll tell you right now, I return just about any call I get, I'm going to return. You could call me day or night, 478-808-9087. It doesn't matter. I want to help people. I want to help people like they help me. But the website is the best way uh, to go. This is a safe place where men, women, and children can come and take the mask off 
and uh, they can find the help they need through Christ. So I would say website, Bruce. Well, one of the things that's interesting about your comment, and I, I know everybody picked up on this. I just gave Pat a free opportunity to talk about exactly how, how to give money, where to give money, and, and he mentioned it. But what he mainly talked about is, I want to help you. <laughs> I want to help people. I, he gave you his cell phone number, and he didn't sit there and say, let me tell you three ways you can give money or four ways you can give money. Or what. He's begging, I want to help I want to help you. And what a strong uh, comment. I mean, just incredible. You don't hear that much, Pat. I mean, your heart is in the right place. And just for everybody else, go to that website. What is the website? I know they can Google, uh, but what is the website, Pat? Well, if, if you Google just the rescue mission in middle George, that's all you have to do. Okay. Just, just Google that. And it's got ways to give and it's got information of if you, they have stores and they, they sell stuff that you can buy stuff that, uh, I think, you know, used or new stuff that they sell that all go, the profit goes to, to this. And you got, you have events, I know, but you can read, we won't go into all the detail of all that, but it's all there. And I urge you, if you've got a heart and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, go to that website and say a prayer before you get on it and look at what this man, you've heard him. I can tell you, I can personally attest that this man, uh, Pat Chastain, is the real deal. hes uh, I've known him for 20 years. He comes from a wonderful family. His story is incredible, but he's making a difference in this world. And, you know, he didn't ask me to have him on this podcast, by the way, and uh, he could have, but he didn't ask me that. I asked him, would you honor me to be on it? Well, I just, I just think a large part of what we're struggling with in this world right now seems to be uh, drugs and alcohol and abuse and relationships. And all that's so true, but it's just symptoms. Um, so I, 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 I say this to, to, to encourage you, uh, any of your listeners, whatever you've got or your loved ones got that you're going through and you just seem hopeless, you seem like there's no cure, there's no fix, I just want to tell you, uh, all this is common to man. It's been going on for years. It's just still going on. So you're not broken. You're not less than. You're not defective. And if you are, we all are. And the only hope we got is in Jesus Christ. That's how men, women, and children are healed. So I'm not giving you something that... uh, hasn't been offered for thousands and thousands of years. It has, but the hope that we have and the hope that we need is in Jesus Christ. So whatever you've got that's consuming you or has consumed you or that you can't deal with, or that's just over heavy and just so the burden is off the charts, just know that he's got a plan and there's a place called the rescue mission that doesn't mind, wants to walk with men, women, and children. And here's the thing. We want to walk with you right where you're at. You don't have to get cleaned up, fixed up. Just get up. Give us a call. Uh, We'd love to talk to you. Uh, Again, the only thing we can't take is because we can't facilitate it is schizoaffective disorders and paranoid schizophrenia or registered sex offenders. I can't take them because I've got children. But other than that, it's game on. Viewing life from a hearse, it could be worse. Laugh, think, and cry with the country undertaker.